0: وَلَا إِلَّا وَأَنْتُمْ مُسْلِمُونَ أَمَّا بَعْدُ Dear Muslims, we live in interesting times. In this land of ours, if a teenager, a young man or woman, 16, 17, 18 years old, 17 years old, if they wish to get a tattoo, a permanent ink on their body, the law will say, that's not allowed, you're too young to get a tattoo. If a 20-year-old, now he's above the age of 18, he wants, wants to purchase beer, The law will say, you're too young, you cannot drink beer. In fact, if any minor wants to purchase nicotine, cigarettes, they too will be told this is not allowed. If a young man or woman below the age of 18 goes to the doctor, says, I want cosmetic surgery, I want to change my body, look more handsome, more beautiful, the law will say, society will say, parents will say, rightfully so. You're too young to make this decision. All of this is valid and good. Because that's the role of society, of parents, of law. But what we are seeing now is something very strange. In this same land, where a 17-year-old cannot purchase cigarettes, if that same child comes and says, Oh, I think I have been born into the wrong body. I think my gender has been assigned by God incorrectly. I think that I want to shift to another gender. And they go to the doctor, not for tattoo ink, not for cosmetic surgery to look more handsome and beautiful, but to self-mutilate themselves, to cut off their natural organs, to amputate that which makes them quintessentially male or female. At the same age that they cannot purchase a packet of cigarettes, if they go to the doctor and say, I want to block the natural progression of puberty. I want to take abnormal, atypical drugs so that I don't develop and blossom into a young lady or I don't become a young man. This same society that doesn't allow a 17-year-old to put ink on their hands is going to welcome and embrace. And in case the parents say, oh, hold on a sec, you're too young. In case the parents say you're only 10, 15, 17, how can you make this decision? What we are seeing now is that terrifyingly, not yet fully, but in more and more cases, the law is siding with a child against the parents. Under the guise of what is called transgender rights, we are witnessing yet another assault against the social fabric of humanity. And if you know your Western history, this is not the first time these types of assaults have taken place. For the last 100 years, we have consistently been seeing one assault after another. Almost a century ago, after World War II, a movement arose. A movement arose that launched an attack on what it means to be quintessentially feminine a movement arose that attacked the roles of men and women that mocked true femininity even if they called themselves feminists and they mocked true masculinity and they said men and women roles are all the same this movement by and large considered itself to have achieved success but that wasn't the end after this movement finished another movement arose from the 60s onwards a movement came and this movement blatantly encouraged promiscuity outside of marriage. Embraced intimacy not in the privacy of the bedroom of the husband and wife, but everywhere nudity, fahisha, licentiousness, became the norm. And this movement as well was wildly successful from their own paradigm. As we speak today, in a land where barely 100 years ago, this very land, less than 10% of people engaged in premarital intercourse. In this land now, over 95% of our men and women are engaging in premarital intercourse. Let that statistic sink in. Over 95% of society is engaging in premarital intercourse and it is not even considered to be something that one needs to hide. So that movement as well changed society altogether. As if that wasn't enough, yet another movement began. This one in our own lifetimes, those of us that are above the age of 35 or 40. From the 80s onwards, a new movement began. The same sex movement, the LGBTQ movement. And we saw a normalization, not only of promiscuity between a man and woman, but between the same genders as well. And that too was, from its own paradigm, wildly successful. And the Supreme Courts and others have passed the laws that they have passed. As if that wasn't enough, we now have to face yet another onslaught. But this one, in so many ways, is even more sinister. It is frankly unbelievable because it is negating not just theology, not just scripture, not just history, it is negating basic biology. It is negating a scientific fact that there are no two opinions about. And that is, the male and female are two separate genders. All of mankind. Forget mankind, all of mammals. Forget mammals, the entire species of animals. The default is, yes, there are exceptions, the amoeba and whatnot, but the default is, Every single created object is in male and female. This is the default. And nobody could ever have imagined a time when even this basic fact of biology is being challenged. But here we are having to debate, is gender real or is it a social construct? By social construct, they mean a figment of the imagination created by uh, peoples and civilizations and societies. And it must be said, brothers and sisters, no matter how awkward this is, If you look at this trajectory where we are now, frankly, it was inevitable from the very beginning. Because if you're going to tinker with gender roles, which is what happened 100 years ago, if you're going to challenge gender norms, the inevitable end result, you will challenge gender itself. You will challenge gender and biological sex itself. And here we are, having to teach our children such a basic fundamental fact, not just of the Qur'an, not just of history, but of biology, that the male is not like the female, that there are two genders, that there is something called dhakr and there's something called untha, and these two are not the same. And brothers and sisters, even more terrifying than simply having to teach our children is the ever encroaching reality of legislation affecting even our family households already in Canada this is an actual court case already in Canada a minor somebody below the age of 18 wanted a boy wanted to become a girl the parents said no this young boy sued his own parents in court he was not yet 18 and he said my parents are preventing me he said my parents are preventing me from becoming a sheep and so he sued his parents to become a sheep And the courts sided with him, stripped his parents' rights to be parents, took him away from his parents because that is abuse in their eyes, put him in another home and allowed him to transition into her. And here in Texas, brothers and sisters, not too far from home, there is a case going on right now terrifying and that's why I'm giving this khutbah because we need to stand up to protect our own children and also speak to broader society here in Texas a couple went through a divorce the father now is separate from the mother and the mother wants to transition the child seven years old the mother wants to force the boy to become a girl and the father is saying no and the mother is saying this boy is a girl trapped in the body of a boy It's actually a girl in spirit. And the boy identifies as a girl. And the father is saying, no, this is something she put into the kid's head once this baby was born. The baby was always a boy, but she dressed him like a girl. She did this, she did that. And now obviously the boy thinks it's a girl because that's the way it was treated. So the husband is saying, this is the fault of the tarbiya. And she is saying, no, this is the gender identity. And as of yet, the court's still battling, but as of yet, he has no say in this matter. And the courts are siding with the mother in this regard. And this is a Christian couple. This is nothing to do with our faith, but it is to do with our family and it is basic human rights. Brothers and sisters, wallahi, it is a sad reality that here I have to give a Friday khutbah about the basic back facts of life that there is male and there is female and the two are different at every single level. But we have no choice. Because this legislation is not only corrupting our children, it is frankly threatening us even in our households. May Allah protect all of us if the same trend continues. What will we do if one of our own children is brainwashed? What will we do if a seven-year-old in our own masjid stands up and says, I'm in a different gender? What will we do at that stage? That is why we need to understand from now what is happening and put up a fight within the a remnant within the strategies of the law and make sure that our rights to pass our faith, our rights to practice Islam freely, our rights to be normal human beings, frankly, are not taken away from us. And therefore, brothers and sisters, today's khutbah, no matter how difficult it is, no matter how awkward it is, it is a necessary beginning step for a much larger problem. Because we need to protect our values. We need to protect our way of life. We need to protect the religious freedoms granted to all of us. And also, brothers and sisters, we're not just being selfish. It's not just me, myself, and I. It's not just my my family and my kids. No, we also have to recognize that we as Muslims have a higher responsibility than any other faith tradition. We as Muslims have to answer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We as Muslims have been appointed by Allah to be witnesses unto mankind. We are shuhada'a ala nas, we are witnesses to mankind. What does a witness do? A witness speaks the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. A witness speaks the bitter truth. A witness does not care about the repercussions, the ramifications of speaking the truth. The witness must testify to the truth, regardless of what happens at the trial. Regardless of what the verdict is, the witness must testify to the truth. And Allah has given us a truth. And that truth is the religion of Islam. And embodied in the religion of Islam is morality. It is akhlaq, it is haya, it is decency. And we are, and I say this bluntly, the last religious civilization that is sticking to its roots here and not capitulating to the whims and desires of modern society. It is sad to point out that the bulk of other Abrahamic religions, we say this, wallahi, with a sense of sadness. We say this wanting them to have stood up because in the end of the day, they have more right to this culture than we do. That is a fact. Yet they have capitulated and they have acquiesced And they have surrendered by and large. So if they have surrendered, well then even more so, we are going to stand up. And by Allah, we shall never surrender on this reality. We are going to stand up and preach the truth no matter how bitter, no matter what the consequences are. This type of hedonism this type of sensuality, this type of licentiousness and animalness, this type of foolishness, we need to stand up and preach loudly and clearly. Enough is enough. And we're not going to allow our children and our families to be corrupted by what is happening in their broader society. And yes, that is your laws. You do as you please, but we will speak and we will tell you what you are doing is wrong, even if it's to yourselves. Even if it's to yourselves, we have no right to stop you. We have no right to legislate your own laws, but we do have the right to stand up and preach. And we have the God-given responsibility to be of those who are preaching the religion of the prophets and morality as enshrined by all Abrahamic religions. Brothers and sisters, and especially our young brothers and sisters, our teenagers and those younger than them, we need to understand no matter what society teaches you, no matter, no matter what cartoons say, no matter what Disney Channel has, we need to understand that mankind is divided into male and female. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, يَا nas, inna خَلَقْنَاكُم مِن ذَكَرٍ untha." O mankind, we created you from one man and one woman. All of us come from one man and one woman. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, kathiran From the two of them I spread forth multitudes of men and multitudes of women. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, kal The man is not like the woman. Such a simple ayah. For centuries, for millennia, people glossed over this ayah. It's such a simple fact. Why put it in the Qur'an? But here we are. We have to quote this ayah. And this ayah takes on a whole new meaning in the culture that we live in. al untha. Such a simple fact, such an incontrovertible, uncontroversial fact. And yet Allah Azza wa has it in the Quran because we need to use it in the society that we live in. The man is not like the woman. At every single level, the man is not like the woman. Biological sex is determined even down to the chromosomes. You can take any cell out of a body. You can take any cell out of a body And you can examine that cell. If it's XX or XY chromosome, and you can tell whether this cell comes from a man, comes from a woman. The man of the body, the the, the body of the man, the body of the woman is different. It is different physiologically. It is different in the genitalia. It is different in the body mass, in the muscle mass, in the mass of every single aspect. It is different in the density of the bones. You can... Find a skeleton two million years old, and you can test whether it is male or female. It is down to the very bones you can tell the difference between male and female. Hormonally, intellectually, physically. And when I say intellectual, I'm not saying one of the two is better than the other. No, women are highly talented in areas men are not talented in, and vice versa. Each one of them has talents the other does not have. Each one of them has strengths the other does not have. And put together, the strengths of the man and the strengths of the woman become the strengths of the mother and father and the family is protected. But when you try to tinker with this reality, when you try to change the default, well then, you're going to end up where we have ended up. Brothers and sisters, the claim that biological sex is a choice. It is not just factually incorrect. It is not just scientifically, patently false. It goes against the lived reality of every society known to mankind from the beginning of human history. The man is not like the woman. And yet, if you look at what our children are being taught, they are taught that you may choose your gender and you may change your mind every few days. One day you wake up and you're this, the other day you wake up and you're that. Oh, by the way, if you didn't know It's not just two genders. I actually checked today to make sure I'm up to date because the list is updated every few weeks and months. I just checked one of their websites and I'm not exaggerating. 105 identities, genders and identities. 105 more flavors than Baskin Robbins. You wake up and you just change every day. I want to be this, I want to be that. And subhanallah, it would be bad enough if it was just adults mutilating themselves and pretending to become a different gender. But now they want to hoist this onto us as a Muslim community and onto us upon our families. Those people who are born male, but they say they are now female, forget, okay, they want to compete in sports events as well, which is a problem. But they also want to now go to the bathrooms of the different gender. So somebody born and raised as a man now says, oh, but I identify as a woman, he wants to go to the woman's bathroom. Somebody born as a woman, the other way around. They want to go to the locker rooms and high schools of the opposite gender. Just because they claim something. That's it. And they don't even have to prove. They don't even have to undergo any surgery because now the notion is, it's just an identity of the mind. A social construct. And brothers and sisters, one of the problems we're having now. Allah Musta, May Allah protect all of us. I had asked, been asked this question multiple masajid across the country. A person either converts or is involved with this movement, and now they're born one gender, but they claim another gender. And they want to pray. Born into the male gender, they want to pray with the women. I have been asked this question by three masjids in this country. Already happening. And they're worried if we do something, the law will come in, it's gonna cause a public news scandal. This person's identifying our sisters, don't want him to come, her, it, whatever she, whatever you wanna call, they don't want him or it to come. What do we do now, subhanallah? Unless we stand up and speak, unless we fight for our religious and civil rights, the situation is only going to become worse. And here we have to acknowledge one of the tactics, one of the dastardly tactics of this trend. And that is, to accuse us of preaching hatred and violence. They've coined the term, transphobia. If you dare don't agree with this sentiment, then you are somebody who's acknowledging, somebody who's embracing racism, somebody who's wanting to prove hatred. And this is completely untrue. They accuse us of bigotry and hatred and potentially calling for violence but we respond back. Inventing terms, transphobia, doesn't change biological facts. We're telling you biological facts. Forget even scripture, you're not Muslim. Okay, forget even scripture. You can invent whatever term you want. We are speaking biological truths here. Also, disagreeing with a lifestyle does not mean you are preaching hatred. We need to say this loudly and clearly. Disagreeing with a lifestyle does not mean we are preaching hatred, much less violence. For centuries, we are saying we don't drink alcohol. Are we preaching hatred of all the people who drink beer, who drink alcohol? No, of course not. That's their business, they're doing it. We don't drink alcohol, allow us that freedom and right. Nobody invented the term alcohol phobia, Muslims are alcohol phobic. No, our preaching of our morality does not mean we are preaching hatred, much less violence. That is your imagination. That is your false accusation. And it is nothing. there is nothing further from the truth. You have your lifestyle choices. Allow us to have our lifestyle choices as well. And we speak out against it, not only because we are believers in a higher power, but because we genuinely believe this is harmful, this is dangerous. If a young man or woman said, I want to cut my hand off, what would you say? If a young man or woman said, I want to cut my leg off, what would you say? We would come together and say, no, no, don't do this, it's wrong. Well then, if they want to cut their genitalia off, all of a sudden becomes, it becomes sacred under law. It's the same principle. What your Lord has gifted you is a gift. How your Lord created you is a gift unto you. And appreciate that gift. And accept Allah Azza blessings upon you. In the end of the day, brothers and sisters, we cannot force anybody to do anything. But... We will draw the line when it comes to our rights, when it comes to our preaching, and especially when it comes to our children. Do whatever you will, you have to answer to your Lord. But when you drag in your promiscuity, and you show us drag queens in our own public schools, and our own public spaces, when you spoon-feed our children to begin questioning their gender at the age of five or six, well then, no, no. We are not the ones preaching hatred. You are the ones preaching indoctrination. You are the ones spreading immorality and filth in places where you are not welcome. Do as you please in your personal lives, but leave our children out of it. Brothers and sisters, the irony of ironies. Wallahi, the irony of ironies. The same movement, the same strand of you know, social justice and whatnot, who believe that there are more than two genders, who believe that the whole gender is a social construct. Look at their discourse about race and about ethnicity. They say, they say that race and ethnicity is a social construct, which is actually true. There is no such thing as race. My brown skin color, you're black, you're white. If I were to take a blood sample, you couldn't tell my skin color. Race really is a social construct. Ethnicity really is something that changes every few centuries. My ancestors 500 years ago are going to be totally different from my children, grandchildren 500 years from now. Race and ethnicity and social class are 100% constructed by mankind. That much is clear, right? Okay, now go to the same crowd and say, I want to choose my race. Race, which is a social construct. Ethnicity, which is a figment of the imagination. You cannot tell everybody's ethnicity by their facial features. We all know this. Sometimes you can, sometimes you can't. Sometimes you're mistaken. Race, ethnicity, social hierarchy. Who's a royal family? Who's born into a kingdom? This is completely arbitrary. This is a social construct. Okay, go to the same movement that wants to tinker with gender and say to them, let's tinker with an actual social construct. Let somebody who's of a white skin color identify as from African heritage. Let somebody who's from the Far East identify as Caucasian. Let somebody who's born into a poor family identify as being from the royal kings of Norway. Let the descendants of a royal dynasty, you must announce me by my pronoun, Her Royal Highness, that's gonna be my pronoun. What will the same movement say? Have you lost your mind? Or, how dare you, that's insulting. Social appropriation, misappropriation. You have no right to claim your ethnicity is different than what you are. You have no right to claim your class, your social hierarchy is different than what you are. This is social misappropriation. So subhanallah, we say you're right. You're absolutely right. Yes, I have no right to claim that I am Caucasian or I am of African heritage or my heritage is Indian. You're absolutely right. But then, when we acknowledge that this race and ethnicity is 100% man-made, then we are telling you go beyond this and go to that which is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Do not tinker with what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has gifted you. Brothers and sisters, Iblis threatened, threatened Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Iblis threatened Allah. And he said, because of what you have done, I will misguide all of these people. And Iblis said to Allah, the majority of them will be unthankful. And you know what Iblis said? اللَّهِ I'm going to misguide them and command them to the extent they will change the way that you created them. They're going to disfigure their own selves. اللَّهِ They're going to change the way you created them. O Muslims, what bigger disfiguration is there? What worse mutilation is there? Did not Iblis say he would do this and we see this happening here? What greater disfiguration when the gift that Allah has given you, you reject it and say, no, I will cut my own member off. I will disfigure my own body. And I think this is something that is praiseworthy. Brothers and sisters, we should not tinker with the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What this movement is doing it is playing God. And you cannot play God with the creation of God because you are not God. What this movement is doing, it is implementing the misguidance of Iblis and rejecting the guidance from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we seek Allah's protection from this misguidance and to Him we turn. Barakallahu wa al-Qur'an al-Azim wa nafani wa yakum bima fila'ata wa zikra al-hakim aqulu ma wa astaghfirullah wa al-Azim wa salamu 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 wa 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 Astaghfirullah. Astaghfirullah. La ilahe. This way. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Al-Wahid al-Ahid al-Samad. al lam yirid wa lam yulad wa lam yakul lahu kufwan ahad wa ba'du. Before we conclude, brothers and sisters, I have to give some very important disclaimers. The entire first khutbah was indeed the default. There are two genders. And the Sharia and common sense and lived human history and the experience of mankind and the fitrah Allah created us upon tell us that these two genders must be embraced and acted upon and lived out. The one who's born biological male should embrace his masculinity. The one who's born biological female should embrace femininity. The two genders are spiritually equal. There is no superiority between the two genders, but the two genders are not the same. So let women embrace their femininity. Let men embrace their masculinity. And when each does so, society will flourish and the children will be protected. But... There are exceptions, very very rare, but there are exceptions. Biological and sometimes maybe even beyond this. Some people less than, if I'm not mistaken, 0.1 percent. That's one out of every uh, uh, one out of every thousand people uh, that are that are born. Less than 0.1 percent. They are born with an anomaly, not XX or XY. Maybe XXY, XYY, and within that 0.1 percent. Another maybe 1% of that 0.1, they are born with two genitalia. And this is a phenomenon that goes back to the beginning of time. For this category of people, there is no doubt. Yes, we say to them, it's not your fault. We say to them, this is a test for you. And for them, no doubt, surgery and therapy and whatever needs to be done, no doubt, this is the reality. Also, there might be some people, there might be that, They are struggling with emotions and desires that are not normative. They're not the default. They're struggling, even though maybe biologically they might be normal, but maybe their sexual desires, maybe even their gender desires within their heart might be different. And we say to them, dear brother, dear sister, who is biologically normal, we wish you the best in this world and the next. We empathize with that struggle, but we remind you, That this religion of Islam is meant to tell you which of your desires are wholesome and which should be curbed and controlled. The desire is not sinful. The desire will not get you punished. The desire doesn't make you any less of a human or person. And anybody who says so doesn't know the religion of Islam. To merely desire something, even if it's not normal, in and of itself that is not sinful. And Allah will not punish you. And if you're struggling with a desire, we make dua for you. We welcome you. You are our brother and our sister in faith. But dear brother or sister, not every desire needs to be manifested. Not every desire needs to be validated. Not every desire needs to be acted upon. Curb as much as you can. Control that which Allah has told you is not healthy as much as you can. And if you control your desires, perhaps your reward is better than mine because you were tested in ways I cannot imagine. And even if you slip up, even if you slip up, khair, we are all sinners. Cover your sin. Do not embrace your sin. Do not publicize your sin. Do not identify with your sin. We don't go around identifying, oh, this guy's a drunkard. This guy's a a person who's extramarital affair. No, even if you have committed a sin, may Allah forgive you and me. Conceal your faults. Hide your defects. Keep them between you and Allah. And Allah is ghafoor. Allah is Rahim. Allah is rahman. But don't embrace a lifestyle that is known to be sinful, known to be detrimental. Even if you slip, let it be between you and Allah and don't make it something you publicize. Allah is ghafoor and Allah is raheem. But when you flout the religion of Allah, when you embrace an evil lifestyle, when you are proud of something that is unethical and immoral and haram, it is at that point in time that we genuinely are worried about your faith do whatever you can in your private lives and repent to Allah, you have hope. But the minute you go public and are proud of something that you should not be proud of, well, this is a major problem of the heart and we seek Allah's refuge. Dear Muslims, facts need to be said plain and simple and ask Allah's protection for the potential backlash. The transgender movement is a part of a broader cultural trend that goes down many decades, goes back many decades. And it is based upon, it is based upon a rejection of a higher sense of morality. It is based upon a rejection of the divine. And it's embracing hedonism and sensuality and narcissism of the most basest human desires. Its basic premise is that one's feelings are the ultimate arbiter of truth. If I feel something, then this is the way it should be. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's religion has come and told us that's not how we base facts. أَفَرَأَيْتَ مَنِ اتَّخَذَ Have you not seen the one who took his desires as his God? This movement has taken its desires as its God. We don't take our desires as our God. Our God is our creator, not ourselves. Our God is Allah Azza wa Jal, not what is inside of our heart. The entire movement from beginning to end, from its very inception 100 years ago, the entire movement is a threat to family values and hence to a wholesome society. I conclude brothers and sisters that as Muslims, as Muslims, we must have the courage, we must have the iman, we must have the fortitude to stand up, to protect our own children, to protect our own families from such misguidance and as American citizens who proudly believe in the God of Abraham, the God of Moses the God of Jesus, the God of Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam, as Americans we speak to our fellow citizens and we tell them, turn back to God, it is still not too late turn back to my God and your God turn back to the God of Abraham because fellow citizens of this country, because the path that you are heading down, this path is a path of utter depravity and moral destruction. And unless God saves us all, unless there is intervention from up above, there is no end to this other than the destruction of the family and with that, the destruction of society. Wallahu ta'ala al-Musta'an. Allahumma inni da'in fa'amminu. Allahumma la tada'a fi'adhiyumbi zemban illa rafarta. Wala hamman illa farajta. Wala deinen illa qadayta. Wala madeidan illa shafaita, Wala asiran illa yasarta. Allahumma Wa Li Ikhwan إن الذين سبقونا بالإيمان ولا تجعل في قلوبنا غل للذين آمنوا ربنا إنك رؤوف الرحيم اللهم أعز الإسلام والمسلمين اللهم أعز الإسلام والمسلمين اللهم أعز الإسلام والمسلمين اللهم من أرادنا أو أراد الإسلام والمسلمين بالسوء فاجعله بنفسه وجعل تدميره في تدبيره يا قوي يا عزيز عباد الله ان الله تعالى امركم بأمر بدأ بنفسه وثن بملائكته القدس وثلت بكم ايها المؤمنون من جنه وانس فقال عز من قال عليم ان الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا ايها الذين امنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل وسلم وبارك وانعم على عبدك ورسلك محمد وعلى اله وصحبه اجمعين عباد الله ان الله تعالى يأمر بالعدل والاحسان Kurba, القرب وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر يَعِذُكُمْ لَعَلَّكُمْ تَذَكَّرُونَ أُذْكُرُوا اللَّهَ الْعَظِيمَ أَذْكُرُكُمْ وَاشْكُرُوهِ يَزْدِ وذكر اللَّهِ تَعَالَىٰ أَكْبَرُ وَأَقِيمِ الصَّلَاةِ فَيَا ذُلِّي وَيَا خَجَلِي إِذَا مَا قَالَ لِي رَبِّي أَمَا اسْتَحْيَيْتَهْ تَعْصِينِي وَلَا تَخْشَى الْعَتَبِ وتخفي الذنب عن خلقي وتأبى في الهوى قربي فتب مما جنيت عسى تعود إلى رضا الرب تعود إلى رضا الرب